0: When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous. is a live edition here on the feeling dangerous podcast i am tyler johnson i am joined by one member from the feeling dangerous team tonight zach defranco zach how we doing tonight man
1: doing good man got a lot to go into tonight so
0: yeah we do and this is, this is a rare uh live show for us but we hope to be doing more of these in the future for sure definitely a lot of fun for us and remember this Episode of the Feeling Dangerous podcast. This live show is brought to you by Jack Scott of Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's window and patio door experts for over 117 years. The Feeling Dangerous podcast is proud to be a part of the Couch Guy Sports Network as well. And of course, the big news for this week, the Cleveland Browns, Zach, have um, cut ties with Odell Beckham Jr. So before we go really into the details on that, what are your overall thoughts on OBJ and his time in Cleveland?
1: Uh, definitely a disappointment, but I mean, it was fun, I guess, you know, I cried when we traded for him straight tears. So, I don't know. It was tough to watch though. It was tough to watch fail because it definitely all fans expected to be a way different outcome than what we got, especially with the hype around it and everything. And yeah, it's just, you know, it was a forced marriage. It looked like, and it just didn't work
0: out. Yeah. It's one of those things that, I, I remember the night it happened when we traded for him. Everybody was so excited. I know there were um, Cleveland sports shows at like 10, 11 o'clock at night. They were having live shows just to talk about the trade, <laughs> yeah. talk about is this what gets us to the Super Bowl, whatnot, and it just didn't deliver. And we'll never really, yeah. unfortunately, know why.
1: Yeah. I, no, we, we don't.
0: It's sad. It really yeah, is. It's, it's,
1: I mean, I think some fans – And a lot of people that you know know the x's and o's know why it didn't work out in cleveland you know Mm -hmm. between baker and odell yeah but that being said it's just like how could they not make it work how could they not work together talk through it work through it after three years you know Mm -hmm. i understand the system change and everything with freddie kitchens to stefanski but there's no way after working down in austin together and doing camp mayfield and all this stuff it's just it's so confusing how it still was just so off on the field
0: Yeah, man. I've never been able to understand that because here are two guys, Baker Mayfield's coming in off his rookie season, one of the best rookie seasons in NFL history. And you're bringing in Odell Beckham Jr., who besides um, a couple injuries in New York was one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. I mean, you could make the Mm -hmm. argument at that time. He's a top 10 wide receiver. His numbers backed it up and it just never, it never clicked. I will say, that his numbers the first year at least that they were together under Freddie Kitchens was actually his best year in Cleveland. Now, of course, yeah. as hard as that, that is to that, believe, that
1: was probably that was probably the most quietest thousand yard season in the NFL for a receiver.
0: Oh yeah, because we just pl- we just played really bad. I mean, that was yeah, just a and, bad the, season. and
1: and the rumor and the rumors then of come get me and all that stuff too. So it was just it was just insane because. What two thousand yard receivers that year with him and Landry, and that was just talking points of okay, if we get a new head coach, what could this be? And then it's just, I, I it's so confusing because you, you, were thinking a Stefanski offense, you know, an offensive minded head coach, it would have worked out way better than this. So
0: yeah, and, and before he came to Cleveland, OBJ ninety one catches, thirteen hundred yards, twelve touchdowns, his rookie year ninety six catches, fourteen hundred and third and then uh, thirteen touchdowns. In 2015, 2016, 101 catches, 1,300 yards, 10 (laughs) touchdowns. Of course, 2017 was his injury-plagued year at the Giants. Then 2018, before he got traded to the Browns, still 77 catches for 1,000 yards and six touchdowns. And that year under the Browns in 2019, 74 catches, 1,000 yards, four touchdowns. So even though the numbers didn't look great, but it seemed like after that first year in Freddie Kitchens' offense, it seemed like it was working, but the team – was just such a mess otherwise you couldn't bring that back but hayden grove Mm -hmm. um he's a great guest of the show from cleveland.com brought up the point you ever imagine a a year two in freddie's offense now i know baker didn't look good but we're talking about from an odell beckham junior perspective here for a second what his stats might have looked at in year two looked like in year two because Uh, i mean he was getting the ball and if he stays healthy i mean it makes you wonder what would have happened yeah
1: yeah, and I feel like, you know, the correlation between Baker and the offense picking up after he went out, you know, and all that stuff, I don't think it had as big as a correlation as people think it did, mm-hmm. you know, but I, I, I don't know, he, he definitely probably would have had a better season, probably his best year in Cleveland would have been last year, and that's just another reason why it's so confusing, Why like, what happened this year when he came back, so it mm-hmm. just looked like he... It, it didn't look like he, they really game plan to make Odell a centerpiece in the offense. And as a wide receiver, one that's very confusing.
0: Yeah, it, it is confusing. And of course, t- 2020, uh, 23 catches, 319 yards, three touchdowns, but he did get hurt in Torres ACL that year. Mm-hmm. And then this year, 17 catches, 232 yards, no touchdowns. So before he leaves Cleveland, he didn't even have a single touchdown this year. And yeah. to me, I, I know I shared this with you guys. Um, on the show this past week, he led the team in targets. I mean, still, (laughs) 34 (laughs) targets. The next closest is Austin Hooper at 28. So he was still getting the targets. It just didn't translate on the field to any chemistry at all. And do you think, because Jake Burns, another friend of the show, OBR Film Breakdown, was talking about, you could see just the body language from OBJ on the sideline during the game. Did it look like to you as well that he was just completely checked out this week?
1: I think he's been checked out since he came back to the field for the Browns. Mm, it just, doesn't, okay. it just, it just doesn't seem like he was just really ready to, he did, it doesn't seem like he really wanted to play for the Browns this season. Yeah. And I know there are other things that I can't, I can't personally discuss that we read, but mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it just seemed like he just wasn't happy here this year at all. Mm-hmm.
0: And and if you'd like more information, really just on an inside dive on the Odell Beckham junior situation, we recommend you subscribe Um, to the fellas over at the Orange and Brown Report to get the latest from Rumor Central. There's some interesting information about OBJ in there that it's what we can't discuss, but definitely very interesting Mm -hmm. if that is indeed what his plan was. Um, But overall, everyone wanted the Browns to trade OBJ, and this kind of all, all came to a head. Fans were starting to get to the point, like, we really need to explore trading them. But then Tuesday morning came, and we all woke up and saw what his father posted on social media of an 11-minute video of all the times that Baker Mayfield did not hit Odell Beckham Jr. So mm-hmm. I, I want to get your thoughts on that. So, because there are fans <laughs> out there, and we've seen it all over social media, that are still defending OBJ, that are mm-hmm. saying, there's no way that he did this. I mean, like you can't control what your father posts on social media. So I want your thoughts on that, and then I'll give you mine.
1: I I think the – Biggest thing I took from that is OBJ silence during the whole situation. I, if you don't want it up there, it, it wouldn't have been up there. Like there's, there's no way this was, it just felt premeditated. You know, it felt, it felt passive aggressive. Like LeBron doesn't tweet that unless OBJ gave some consent to tweet that Damian Lillard doesn't make comments. I, I just, I just don't think that there, you know, I just don't think that happens without OBJ's mm-hmm. consent.
0: Yeah. And I, I get it. I, you can't control what your parents say on social media. I, none no. of us can, but in this just, case, just,
1: just, just Tyler, just like Baker mm-hmm. can not control what his wife
0: says on social media as well. Mm-hmm.
1: And for you the record. I mean?
0: Yeah. And for the record, I don't have a problem with her defending her husband. I would hope that my no, wife would do. It's, it it's not like, it's not like she's taking personal shots at any players on the team. So that's mm-hmm. a little different, you know, exactly. Sometimes us as fans deserve to be called out for how we act. Mm-hmm. You're right, man. I, I completely agree with that. and, when it comes down to it, Odell Beckham Jr. Sr. knows exactly what he's doing. OBJ knows what he's doing. And then having LeBron come out in come the on, morning you know, and tweet free OBJ, who LeBron is supposedly a Browns fan. You're telling me that OBJ has no control over this. Like, come on. Well, so, so,
1: someone with such a big impact on the city of Cleveland itself in LeBron. Just you know, and
0: then coming out and saying, Oh, I'm a Browns fan. No, you
1: just you just cause all this. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're best friends. Even though LeBron and Odell Beckham Jr. have a good relationship together too, like they're, mm-hmm. they're best friends. Odell and um, Baker Mayfield and LeBron have a have a relationship, but it was obvious right there to me. Th- this was all this is all premeditated. Like they knew exactly what they were trying to do. They wanted out by the trade deadline, and there are reports mm-hmm. that Mary Kate Cabot from Cleveland.com was reporting, and then national media too. That OBJ's wanted out for a while, and this began yeah. even last offseason. And I even talked about it on Twitter, and you agreed with me too. And a lot of people have. Your team made the playoffs for the first time in 20 years, and your yep. number one thing is demanding a trade to get out. Mm-hmm. Like that tells me you're not a team player. I don't care what you say. I don't care what your actions might say as you as a teammate. Whatever you're telling me, you demanded a trade after your team made the playoffs. That just shows you're not a team. While you're, not while a team you're guy
1: rehabbing, either. while while you're rehabbing too. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah,
0: it's that's come on, man. Let's yeah. Uh, Yeah. And uh, and again, my mom added um, a very good comment here. Just no (laughs) control at all. I mean, that's that's really what it is. He just he just doesn't have a self control. It's all about him. If he doesn't get his numbers, he could. I mean, he doesn't care if people are trying to tell me he does want to win a Super Bowl. Okay, okay, I'm sure every player does. At the end of the day, if he's not getting his numbers, I don't think he's going to be happy. It's just the type yeah. of mentality he has. I mean, that's what I get yeah. from it, for sure, at least mm-hmm. on my no. end, is because yeah. he's just a mean first guy.
1: And, yeah, and, and the whole locker room that's that he's trying to build is the complete opposite of what OBJ kind of brings to you. Obviously, he's good friends with everyone in the locker room. He, he's respected by players. I think Baker respected OBJ, and it was just a shock to him, too. So, yeah, I mean – on the field OBJ is probably not what Stefanski really needs to build the locker room of what he's trying to build as as a franchise here in Cleveland so mm-hmm.
0: and how, how do you feel about, let, about this as far as what do you think Baker Mayfield how Baker Mayfield feels right now obviously the browns cut OBJ they kind of got rid of what it looked like to be a problem how do you think he feels though personally considering i mean it looked like they were pretty good friends
1: i mean you got to be hurt he says he's not hurt but you have to be to have LeBron come out and say something like that, basically taking shots at Baker too, you know, it's just, you got to be hurt, You got to be shocked. He said he had face-to-face talks with OBJ's dad, like went out of his way to, you know, greet his mom when they ran into each other and stuff. It's, they're obviously friends off the field. There's no denying that. So it's just, you know, it's just a tough situation. And I think Baker is going to bounce back tough from this. You know, I think he,
0: now he wants to prove like, no, I wasn't the issue here. So, Yeah, and I want to go over just the contract details that came out today. I know I sent them to you as soon as um, they were released. Ian Rappaport from NFL uh, NFL Network, the details, uh, the agreement reached between Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns takes the remaining two years off the deal. He will be waived Mm -hmm. on Monday. So if he's claimed that acquiring team would owe him $7.25 million, and that's the amount through waivers, um, but that yeah. that is complicated. And so some more details. If he passes through waivers, a settlement will kick in, which means the Browns would only be on hook for $4.25 million. So they're saving $3 million right there. And OBG would become a free agent and be able to sign with any team, which is what he wanted. And finally, mm-hmm. he didn't agree to seek termination pay. He gets his wish to be released after the Browns could not trade him and the team gets cap and cash relief for a player who wanted out. And so it's looking like he'll get to choose his next destination on Tuesday. I told you, I, I think this is a win win for both sides. The Browns get out of the remaining money owed on Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract. They save 15 million in cap space for next season. And they also yep. will, will more than likely save 3 million this year, unless he's claimed and set and save about 7.25 million.
1: Yep. Uh, that's key for extensions coming up that we'll talk about either tonight or later on. But, uh, yeah, I, I like it. It shows AB as a player-friendly GM, too. So that that definitely sends a message across the league. And AB has shown with little money he can sign some big talent. So we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I think that was really interesting about this. He, sh- he showed he wasn't going to be pushed around because I've seen reports out mm-hmm. there that they were, the way this started out, they were going to make it just a straight-up signing bonus. And then it would have been yeah. very easy for OBJ to be claimed by the Lions, Jaguars, whoever it might be. So yeah. this way, so it makes a, it tougher a, a, B, because he's a rental.
1: Yeah, AB made it so he was not claimable for most mm-hmm. teams. Most teams are not going to claim a nine nine uh, game rental from OBJ, especially a team like I mean Lions need a wide receiver, obviously. But I mean, what are they playing for right now? So they're not. I don't think they're going to do that for seven million dollars.
0: And they're actually under the south. Sal- they're actually over the cap right now. Yeah, right? exactly. I just yeah, realized that, that, that doesn't help. <laughs> so they're, they're <laughs> so so right now the teams out of these teams that have the money and the cap and this is right now to sign Odell Beckham Jr., which of these teams is the most likely to you? Jacksonville, Philadelphia, Denver, Seattle, Carolina, LA Chargers, Pittsburgh, and the Washington football team. Because right now those are the eight teams. Well actually there's more there's more, my apologies. Um we're going to ignore the Browns because I don't think they want him back. <laughs> um the Cincinnati Bengals as well. So out of those teams which make the most sense to you cuz i i think there's still I mean, an outside chance he could get claimed here i really do uh i mean who do you think is playing by the Seahawks I, I really think Seattle. seattle makes a ton of sense for me because outside outside of metcalf and tyler Lockett, they don't really have a third wide receiver
1: yeah and that 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 would make sense for a team like that you know so mm-hmm. I I wouldn't mind that, but other than that, I just don't don't go to an AFC North team because I still think Odell can play football. I'm not saying the dude can't play football, but he's not twenty sixteen Odell
0: Beckham Jr. anymore.
1: No, but he's also not, you know, a nobody. So Oh, exactly. yeah. Yeah. So I don't want to see him go to the Ravens. I don't want to see him go to any team in the AFC North, to be honest. So it's just go go to an NFC team and Go do a Super Bowl run, right, man. Have fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we we we've had we've had enough. You 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 can yeah. go to another team, leave us alone, and hopefully, if we get to play you again, we'll crush you. But I mean, I'm not wishing him to like do bad by any means necessary. No, I hope he has. I hope he is able to get his career back on track. It's just one of those things that just didn't work out well, like Jake Trotter reported. OBJ is a freelance route runner, so he's going to be creating all these different routes and. He's not going to be – Baker Mayfield's a precision passer in the offense that Kevin Stefanski runs. It's about precision, precise route running. Baker Mayfield's not the improvision quarterback uh, – well, my apologies, the pocket passer quarterback that Eli Manning was. And that's why mm-hmm. in New York, as much as fans gave Eli Manning crap, OBJ had his best years because Eli would just stand in the pocket for two to three seconds, wait for OBJ, and just get it to him every single time. Yeah, And so that's why it worked in New York.
1: Yeah, it's, you know, like Aditi said it too, you know, it's a rhythm and timing offense. And Oh, okay. Seattle or Cincy. Seattle okay. or Cincy. My,
0: yeah, my dad says Seattle or Cincy. Cincinnati, I would think, if they didn't already have T. Higgins, Jamar Chase, and Tyler Boyd.
1: Yeah, I think they're good.
0: They got the best wide receivers in the AFC North. Ah, uh, the producer, Peter Nablin, and he was unable uh-huh. to kind of snipe at New England. New England's interesting to me because as of right now, they don't have the cap space, of course. Would that would, can that, would that be
1: good for Mac Jones's development,
0: though? No, but I think if there's bill Belichick's proven man that if there's one yeah. person that can hold guys in line, it is him. Well, <laughs> so, they did
1: say though a big problem with Antonio Brown and Tom Brady, in New England was AB freelanced a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so
0: which is weird because it works in Tampa Bay though.
1: Yeah, but I think they kind of worked it out before he came to Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. So
0: yeah. Yeah, so but New England's interesting. I, I definitely could see New England just – you can't rule them out. It, it's always been a, a rumor for years that New England be interested in them. They don't, Again, they're over the cap right now, but teams are always able to find ways uh, to free up some money there. I want to talk about the long-term implications now for the wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. OBJ's gone, so now the Browns are left with Jarvis Landry. They're left with Donovan Peoples-Jones, Rashard Higgins. Anthony Schwartz. Those are your four wide receivers. Felton. use Felton. Dimitri- yeah, Demetrik Felton is – I'm going to say hybrid because, they. I mean, they've used him at both positions, um, running back and wide just receiver.
1: Najoku, you know, he got some targets, man. True, so. sure. sure.
0: I- I'm just talking about the, the wide receiver room. Those are the main guys. I'd be – I'm interested to see if they call up Jamarcus Bradley tomorrow off yeah. the practice squad because he's a guy who's been mm-hmm. around now for another year. They seem to really like him, so he's a guy – um, I think that could fit into this wide receiver room as well. But outside of, like, like we mentioned, after this year, Rashard Higgins is a free agent. Jarvis Landry, his contract situation, it does have to be addressed because right now the Browns in dead cap would only have a dead cap hit of $1.5 if they cut uh, Jarvis in the offseason. They would save nearly $14 million in cap space. So, Jeez. between Jarvis Landry's contract and Odell Beckham Jr.'s contract, that's $29 million. It's also It's also, I've seen a lot of people talk about, they could move off Austin Hooper and they could save another yep. $5 million there. So, you're talking about $34 million if those guys are not around. And then you could re-sign David Njoku, and then you could also possibly... Um, look to sign like a Chris Godwin or an Al- Alan Robinson might be a little older than what this front office is looking at <laughs> at 29 years mm-hmm. old, but absolutely because you still got the draft coming up. And uh huh, what would you how would you address the wide receiver room here going into 2022? I know fans don't like to talk about it because we are still in season, but in the wake of this news, it has to be talked about a little bit because the Browns made one tough decision. And I know it's different with Jarvis Landry. He's a leader of this team. He does a lot of little yeah, things as well. Yeah, yeah. But, we, but you and I have both talked about, as big fans of his, he's not a number one wide receiver, and he is being paid as such.
1: Mm-hmm. No, yeah, I, they, obviously both Jarvis and Odell were John Dorsey moves. So, you know, Andrew Barry is not going to go into this thinking like John Dorsey did. John Dorsey had no realization of what cap space really was. So, you know, I, I think we're going to see some tough decisions. I don't think Higgins will be here next year. Jarvis is on I, – I think it's still 50-50 personally, but I, unless he takes a major pay cut, I don't see him being here. We're going to address some wide receivers in the draft. It's a loaded draft class of wide receiver coming up. And with the cap space, you're freeing up if Odell's gone, if Jarvis is gone, if Higg, you know, if we don't resign Higgins. You got a chance to go buy some talent real quick too, so – we'll we'll see what happens.
0: Yeah. I, unfortunately right now I am leaning towards um Jarvis Landry not being here next year. I don't even want to think like that because I have Jarvis Landry gear and
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I do, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. but it, it's looking like just the way things are going Jarvis Landry is going to be 30 years old unless he takes a cut and again if he takes half a pay cut and he takes us like makes 7 million next year. I I'm keep him. But yeah. I think the Browns, are they're going to look hard at the draft, and they're also going to look at, of course, that free agent market because there is going to be talent there. Um, like I mentioned, Chris Godwin – oh, I forgot about this one too. Devontae Adams will be a free agent next year. <laughs> <laughs> uh, could you, and could Aaron, you imagine Aaron rodgers
1: He might just follow Aaron Rodgers, but if Aaron Rodgers isn't there in Green Bay, he, yeah. that, that guy could go anywhere, man.
0: So – that one scares me a little bit, actually, because supposedly Pittsburgh um is gonna go hard after Aaron Rodgers in the offseason. And they could bring yeah. in Devontae Adams and have room for both of them. <laughs> All right.
1: Talk about a turnaround real quick.
0: Man, that would scare <laughs> that would scare me. Oh man. That's okay. Anyway, we're gonna get on to just um some NFL free agents for next year. Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, Will Fuller. That would be that would be interesting, even though he's had a lot of injuries this year. But yeah. if you are looking at potentially replacing – like if you do decide to replace Jarvis Landry, you could get uh, Jamison Crowder as a cheaper option. Um, from the Jets, he's always been a, one of the top slot guys when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. T.Y. Hilton. Yeah. Hilton. Juju <laughs> – how would this be funny? Juju Smith-Schuster coming to Cleveland. Hey. I'll yeah. root. He'd be a Brown. I'd have to root for him. But that that one would hurt a little bit.
1: We're not even <laughs> replacing Odell right now. We're replacing Bershaw Perriman still. So,
0: mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, <laughs> I wouldn't him. mind bringing him back.
1: Yeah, seriously.
0: Yeah, because TPG, I mean, he, he, had good, he had a good relationship future. with Baker Mayfield too. Um, he yeah, fully did. When, uh, when Greg Williams was our interim head coach. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. But, yeah, those are some uh, of the free agent wide receivers. Of course, when it comes to just overall – this wide receiver draft class. We're Thomas from the Orange and Brown report, draft analyst. I'm sure we'll have him back on the show to break it down with us. Drake London, 6'5, 210 wide receiver out of USC. You have Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, both from Ohio State. Wouldn't would love to have one of them, but if we're picking uh lower, they might not be available. David Bell out of Purdue, 6'2. David 200. Bell.
1: I was gonna I was gonna say I, I just watched a guy named David Bell tonight. So, you know, there's there's a lot of Loaded wide receiver talent coming out this year. So,
0: oh, yeah, it, man, even bringing uh, Jameson Williams from Alabama, the Ohio State yeah. transfer. I mean, mm-hmm. he's another guy who you <laughs> this entire wide receiver class is truly just absolutely amazing. I mean, it kind of blows your mind because every single year it, it seems like it's the same thing. I mean, John Mechie, the yeah. third from Alabama, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I mean, <sighs> this entire wide receiver class always it's just really good and it really pretty much has been i mean what would you say for like the last two to three years just cranking out amazing wide receivers
1: yeah it's it's been it's been crazy because usually we see wide receivers go like later in draft classes but we've been seeing a lot of first round talents going right now Mm
0: -hmm. and and again i think it's gonna be because i i definitely expect the browns to add one in the first two rounds at least and and probably sign a free agent regardless of what happens with jarvis landry but mm-hmm. do you think they're going to look at more so maybe some height, or do you think they're going to? Well, if they need um, a slot, they're probably going to have to address that too. But I, I mean, wh- do you expect them to look at a bigger wide receiver, or since you have tight ends for that height, I mean, where do you think the Browns would look? Just best overall player at that point, or are they look for maybe someone taller to. that we don't have?
1: I think you have to, but I mean, I th- we dbj has got height too, you know. So yeah, he's
0: like six two, I believe.
1: Y- yeah. So and he's he's long arms though, you know. So. But, you know, he also got Njoku still. I think we're going to try to retain Njoku after this year. He's proven to be our tight end one when he actually gets touches. You have to so, bring him back.
0: I hope he yeah, wants to come back, man, if we I, can't give him the ball anymore.
1: I wouldn't be shocked. Obviously, we still got Schwartzy, you know. So, but I wouldn't be shocked if we go after a speedster, too, though.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: like, I mean, come on. If we can land a Chris Godwin, who's going to complain? That
0: dude's going to take the top off the of defense. That dude's going to get open in space. So, mm-hmm. and, and what's awesome, too, man, is – like we've talked about OBJ was not brought in by this front office. And to be quite honest Mm -hmm. with you, I don't think they ever would have traded for him. So he was never a fit in this offense. You could just tell now in free agency, in the draft, we're going to be able to go after guys who they believe are going to be a good fit for the system itself. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, uh, that's very important. Again, um, Charles Robinson from Yahoo sports was on, um ESPN Cleveland tonight with uh, Matt Fontana and talked about the Browns were very much interested last year in CD Lamb in the draft. They actually met with him a couple <sighs> times. They had him in for a workout. It sounds like if Jed Wills wasn't there, they were going to draft CD Lamb. So just something <laughs> to keep in mind there. They they want a wide receiver and it sounds like I wonder, like that's been going I wonder on if a we while. would
1: have I wonder if we would have landed CD Lamb if that would have made a difference in OBJ being here before the season as well.
0: I think it would have. I, I personally yeah. do think it would have for sure. Yeah. that's just that would have made
1: probably a world of difference.
0: Mm-hmm. And so, CD
1: uh, Lamb comes in; he's instantly your wide receiver one. Oh,
0: and then you got 100%. Juice
1: DPJ and Higgins. So,
0: I want to bring up those numbers actually. With yeah. Um, Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. compared to his other targets. I, I've read them on the show, but Donovan Peoples Jones, court uh passer rating of 151.4, Kareem Hunt, 126.5, Rashad Higgins, 126.2, David Njoku, 114.1, Austin Hooper, 102.6, and Odell Beckham Jr. was 78.2. So all non-um receivers that weren't Odell Beckham Jr., his pass rating was 109, 109.9 you know how I feel. I think, I think he will get back on track. How do you feel about that?
1: Uh, I do, but it all depends on that shoulder too. That injury is serious. So Mm -hmm. I, I think Stefanski is kind of, you know, holding back a little bit based on Baker's injury, but I do feel like Baker's definitely going to go out now and be a little more comfortable out there. And I think we're going to see another revival and how ironic is it is against the Bengals again, Let's see Baker go off for five touchdowns.
0: (laughs) Could you imagine, dude? I would love it. We'd go absolutely crazy. But, you know, I want to bring up some other stats. Without OBJ in 2020, Baker Mayfield has 63% completion percentage. He was almost at eight yards per completion. And then nearly 3,000 yards, 20 touchdowns, two interceptions. By that time, that was actually top five in the league. That second half of the season, he was a top five quarterback. (laughs) Yeah, he wasn't injured though. So again, and there are fans out, and I've seen it, man, and it's it stinks that it sounds like this is where some of the fan base is. They w- there are no excuses for him. He's got to go out and perform for sure. But people are seeming to forget he still has a torn labrum in his in his non throwing shoulder and a fractured humerus. Yeah, and they're still ex- and they expect him though to just go out and light it up. I mean that's and that's mm-hmm. fair. That's your expectation, but I don't know how you could have that expectation given his injury.
1: I think fans are just you know, we had such high expectations in general coming into the season. They just don't want to give up that hope, you know, that our, oh damn, our quarterbacks hurt. Nick Chubb isn't even 100% right now. Kareem Hunt's out. It's just kind of been in, you know, a disappointment season, just injuries alone. So I think fans are just not wanting to give up hope of a a late playoff push. So.
0: And I also, I'm telling you, I wonder without OBJ in this offense, I I think it's good. They're going to play more loose. I really do. I think so. I think,
1: I think Baker still was trying in a sense to force Odell the ball, but I think he just was like, I'm, I'm just sick of the freelancing. You know, I'm sick mm-hmm. of him running his own routes. He's not where I expect him to be. Give the ball to the guys that are, you know, doing
0: their job. So. And before we, and before we move on to another comment here that um, one of our listeners had, I, th- and I told you this, that hitch, when you see Baker like hitch when he clutches when he goes to Uh throw. Dude, I have a feeling that's because OBJ wasn't where he's supposed to be, and he's still trying to to give him the ball. And then think of
1: it. Baker's stats when OBJ's on the field, look how long he holds the ball, you Mm -hmm. know, and taking those sacks and stuff. It's just it was just all around. It It was a mess. Baker definitely wanted to make it work. I think Odell, you know, wanted to make it work, but
0: Hmm. This is an interesting uh, comment by Bruce. He had a fully healthy line and, was, and wasn't missing his tackles. The issue isn't wasn't Odell. The issue is how comfortable he is in the pocket. Well, Bruce, what I'll say to that is the Browns have not had a healthy offensive line pretty much all season. Jed Wills went down with an injury against Kansas City. He's been playing hurt all year. Jack Conklin has missed time. He's now been placed on IR. Uh, so he's out for at least the next three weeks, at a minimum. That offensive line has not been together. Baker's not been fully healthy all year. For, I mean, since the second game of the year, I think it's a combination of he was he's not comfortable in the pocket because he's not trusting his linemen, but also he feels like he's got to get Odell Beckham Jr. the ball, and you can yeah. see that. And it's been talked about when OBJ is on the field, Baker feels stressed because he has to get him the ball, or he knows he'll be unhappy. Yeah. So
1: and. It's kind of yeah. like walking on eggshells an entire football season, man. Like, mm-hmm. okay, is my number one receiver, is my wide receiver one, happy with me right now with my performance? And it's it's just got to cause a lot of tension on and possibly off the field. So,
0: okay, I I get what he's saying. So the line last year was healthy and he looked fine. This year it hasn't been and struggled. Yeah, again, it's kind of it's comparing apples and oranges though because again, Baker was healthy all last year and that he was without OBJ at second half of the year, and he put up statistically a top five season. And this year he's been injured since week two. That injury has gotten worse. He's missed a game because of it. That line's been injured. Without OBJ, even though Baker's hurt, I thought he looked really good on Sunday. His completion percentage was there besides the six drops that we had um, and still had a chance to win that game.
1: Think of that. Think of that. Yeah. You know, so, that's almost a perfect game by Baker last week, even with Odell getting one target or mm-hmm. two targets for one reception. Excuse me.
0: Yeah. So, so I mean, I, I think those two are comparing apples and oranges. I definitely get the point he's making. But you have to understand, oh, absolutely. I absolutely. mean, Baker Baker was healthy all last year, though. That made a huge difference. I will say he looked – he didn't look to seem be bothered by the injury, though, on Sunday. I mean, he took some hits, too, and he just got back up. So yeah. that's a good – I feel like that's a really good sign. But mm-hmm. uh, before before we close the show, I do want to talk about the game a little bit tomorrow. We're on to Cincinnati. So now you're going to be without OBJ. That was kind of expected um, once the Browns listed that he was going to mispractice. But now that he's been officially cut, the Browns are going to go into Cincinnati tomorrow. It's going to be a really competitive game. Two teams are coming off losses, Cincinnati losing to the Jets. Browns, of course, losing to the Steelers. What are you expecting out of really both teams tomorrow? Because I think this is seriously going to. I don't see this being a close game. I see it being one way or the other. One team's okay. going to get a one team's going to get a blowout win. And originally, okay. I thought the the Bengals were going to win this game, but now without OBJ on the field, I think this could be what jumpstarts yeah. the Browns and gets their season it could back be, on
1: track. I think it could be a little bit of a galvanizing moment, like people have been saying. I I think the Browns could seriously come together in a time like this. You know, it's it's just another. Stefanski has handled adversity a lot already through his tenure in Cleveland. The, the COVID protocols last year, all, all that stuff. And now, obviously, this whole internal locker room drama. So we're going to see. But I, I think I think the Browns can pull off a win tomorrow. But the Bengals are coming off a pretty crappy loss to the Jets. So they're definitely not going to want to come out and lose two in a row. It's, it's going to be a good game. I don't think it's going to be one side or the other. I think it's going to be a battle.
0: Okay, yeah. And, and I get... Could... Part of me can see that, too, but I just feel like the state of both these teams right now, more so the Browns, I, I I feel like it's one of these games that truly will go one way or the other, and I think it could really favor the Browns. Nick Chubb, I hope he's healthy. That That's a question mark for me. I don't think he's fully mm-hmm. healthy right now. DPJ, he's questionable. It looks like he's going to play. Um, but you hope he's 100%. Jarvis Landry still isn't 100%, it looks like. No, um, yeah. But getting M.G. Stewart back, that's gonna, that's a very underrated uh, player bringing back off IR. So that's big for yeah. the Browns, I feel like. Getting Nick Harris back, that's another benefit the team has there. So you're getting healthy at the right time. I think the key – We still haven't f- had the
1: bye week either, guys. So. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, you're, I, and, unfortunately, I'm not kinda, that's
0: a little ways away.
1: Browns, Browns win tomorrow. It, it's a whole new conversation. Trust me. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Cause that I mean, that road gets tougher a- after um, this, really this four game stretch will determine which way the season goes. I, I would say yeah,
1: it's, it's funny. The Browns came into the season with like the lowest like strength of schedule. and Now look at it.
0: Yeah. And, and one, one more uh, comment here we'll get to before we close the show uh bruce said he thinks baker's gonna go out there and try to press to prove he wasn't the issue and that could be a problem this week what are your thoughts uh, on that
1: i i i think baker's gonna go out there and prove he wasn't the issue but i don't think it's gonna cause a problem let's put it that way mm-hmm.
0: I, I i agree i think baker's gonna have a good week this week he's he mm. might turn it over once but i think he's gonna have a couple Baker wasn't the issue last game. week against the steelers man he wasn't no so. te- I'll, I'll be the, the team was the issue yeah, that All was the jobs and whatnot.
1: I think, I think you could tell last week that the team was just, there was something going on, you know? I think I think that was a telltale sign, especially that celebration with Baker and OBJ just getting out of the way.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so y- do you want to change your prediction or are you keeping your same prediction?
1: I'm keeping the same prediction.
0: Okay. All right. i I'm going to change my, I think the Browns are going to win uh, 31-21. I okay. think they're gonna win tomorrow. I really I do. Like it. Getting, I'm telling you, when you can get a, a guy like Odell Beckham Jr. out of your locker room, I, I get players seem to like him. They're not gonna come out and say though, one way or another that they that they don't that they had an issue. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna come out. So now, I think I'm just the sure they just didn't have an things.
1: issue though. I'm not saying Odell's a bad person. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. he obviously was a good teammate. He did a lot for his teammates. Even in New York, they loved him. When he signed his contract, they made a video of them celebrating the locker room. He's yeah. a well respected guy. He's a well liked guy, but it's just as a team focusing on winning week by week, Odell is focused on stats week by week more, I feel like. So it's just you gotta get that out of there. You gotta focus on the Bengals now. And like Stefanski loves to say, we're on the Cincinnati.
0: So having a thirty seven year We're on to Cincinnati. It's nothing about the past, nothing about the future. Right now we're preparing for Cincinnati. Yeah, or uh, or Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um. So h- how's Tom's Shoulder? Uh, we're on to Cincinnati. Yeah. We're on. <laughs> we're on to Cincinnati. Uh, guys, be sure to listen to the podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Give it that give us that five star review. We appreciate all you guys that tune in each week to listen to the show. We are also on iHeartRadio if you choose to listen to the show on there as well. And follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FD Podcast Cle. And we are a part of the Couch Guys Sports Network. Be sure to check them out for even more Browns content weekly. And before we sign off, remember, we talk about it all the time. If you need the best replacement windows, call Jack Scott at Renewal by Anderson. They have been Ohio's replacement window experts for over 117 years. Call Jack today for a free consultation at 440-226-6224. That's 440-226-6224. We are the Feeling Dangerous Podcast, and we will talk to you all next week. Thank you for tuning in. When I woke up this morning, I was feeling pretty dangerous.